Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Guys, please welcome my wife, Tiffany Nunley. Thanks, sweetie. Um, I just, I just hit the little heart rate button on my watch right before I walked up here, because <laughs> I was like, I wonder how fast it is right now. It's ninety beats a minute. Um, so, <clears throat> Jamie asked me to to pick a time this year to preach. She was like, I really want you to share once a year, baby. You know, this is not my gig is standing up here preaching, but. Um, but anyway, so I, I said, well, I'll do the one in April. He gave me several options, and I said, I'll do the one in April. And, um, and I said, Lord, if you want me to share, just go ahead and tell me now. This is back in December. Go ahead and tell me now what I'm going to talk about. And he said, he said, I want you to preach about building. And, um, and so I started making notes. Like, since January, I started making notes. Well, yesterday, of course, this is how it always happens, right? I got away with the Lord. I went on a run, took my phone so I could make notes because I knew the Lord was going to talk to me. And he completely changed it. Like, not one word of what I have written is what I spent months, like, making notes about. So, um, and <clears throat> on top of that, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, um, I spent the last two weeks getting over a sinus infection. I'm on day five of prednisone, which if you've ever taken that, makes you want to simultaneously ram your head through a wall and eat a plate of spaghetti at 10 in the morning. So um, I got five or six spots cut off at the dermatologist Friday, including a spot on my face, because I guess 42 is the age where you start having stuff show up that they don't want to be on your face anymore. So I got a Band-Aid over here and um, and then Eva went to prom last night, her first prom, and so it may or may not have been 12.57 last night, and I'm waiting up for her to get home to make sure she's in the house before I can fall asleep. Um, anyway, so that's what you're dealing with this morning. <laughs> that's the backstory that got me to 10.09 on Sunday morning. Um, but I'm honestly excited because I know that this is what God has for me to share because he just told me yesterday, and it, that was not my idea to change it, but... Um, I want to talk to you this morning about building things that last. Um, You know, VFC is in a season of building. Um, We're in the final stages of that. This will be, um, when we move into the new sanctuary, it will be our sixth move um, from the place that started out at Ann Larry's house. And um, Jamie and I are building, and we counted how many houses we've had in um, in six and uh, in 22 years of marriage, and and this will be our sixth move when we finally finish building this house and move in. So it's you know it's it's interesting that we're physically in a season of building right now, um, both as a church and personally. Um, and if you are in a season of building now, <laughs> spiritually in your life, um, building a vision that God has for you, you will be. 
Um, and maybe it means you're in a season of abiding. Maybe you have come out of a season where God has had you build um, with him, uh, dream with him, have vision with him. Um, so maybe you're in a season of abiding with the Lord. Maybe you're living in something um, that you didn't build that someone else built. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe you need to tear down some walls in your life that have been built by the words of other people. That's not what the Lord says about you. Um, so you're, so you, but you're always living in something that's being built. Um, <clears throat> if, you, if you don't know Jesus, you're homeless. I started thinking about how, well, everyone lives somewhere. Every, somewhere everyone lives somewhere that has been built. And I thought, well, no, everyone doesn't. Some people are homeless. You know, I mean, we see them. We saw them when we traveled. We took Eva to tour some colleges lately. And um, we traveled like 1,800 miles. And not everyone does have somewhere to live. But spiritually, those that are homeless are those that don't know the Lord. And it's our job to go get them and bring them in and give them a place to live. Introduce them to the one that can make a home inside of them and then help them build a spiritual home themselves. Um, when we build, um, you know, this is, like I said, this is fresh on my mind. Building is fresh on my mind. Um, I want you to think about the Trinity like this. Uh, God is the bank. He's your source. Jesus is the contractor. He's the mediator that helps you build. And the Holy Spirit is the labor. He is the empowerment to help you construct what he's asking you to build. There are three types of structures that are built to last. Um, there's a lot of structures that are built to last, but there's three that the Lord showed me. Um, and the first is a lighthouse. These are all also roles that each Christian has to play, but you'll see the picture of the lighthouse um, on the, the screen above me, and um, <clears throat> you know, you'll see that there's like a house here where someone lives, and then there's the lighthouse structure that goes up, and I know you're all familiar with the lighthouse, but um, its purpose is to shine that light um, to save people at sea. It serves as a point of reference for other people um, so that they won't shipwreck on the rocks, so that they won't drift too far. Maybe, you're, maybe they know where they are, but they lose track of, of where they are in the ocean, and they can reference that lighthouse and not drift too far out. Um, a lighthouse gives directions and orients them. It's a reference point to keep them from drifting away. The light can be seen far away. It has a keeper that lives there and stays and tends the lighthouse. Um, just like that, we, in one point in our life, when we first got saved, became a lighthouse. We were transformed, and our actions serve as an example to others. Um, Matthew five fourteen through 16 says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it in a, under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There's a lot of lighthouses around here, St. George, St. Mark, St. Augustine. Um, you would think that that verse would say that Jesus is the light, but it says that we are the light because he lives in us, so therefore the light of Christ shines through us to others. The next <clears throat> lasting structure I want to talk to you about is a storm shelter. 
Um, I know you've seen these. When I see a picture of a storm shelter like this, um, I think of that movie Twister and the cows flying through the air and people, you know, a tornado coming and the people diving into the storm shelter. We had a tornado warning here yesterday. Um, I, I got the alert on my phone, you know, that there was one in Thomasville. There was a warning until 2 p.m. And I was thinking about how we didn't have a storm shelter like this if we ever needed it. But growing up um, in Birmingham, Alabama, we had a lot of tornadoes come through the area and we didn't have a storm shelter, but we had a central room in our house. You know, right now we have a, we have a closet under the stairs in our house where if I cleaned it out would be where we would go to hide. <laughs> I'm not sure all five of us could fit at the moment, but theoretically speaking, we could all get in there. And, um, you know, there's no windows. It's the most protected inside area. And the purpose of a storm shelter is to hide people safely during a storm. It usually has food and supplies to last until the storm is over. It's usually built underground or in the center of a house. It's not easily seen from the outside. It holds many people, not just one. But a storm shelter is built by digging deep. Digging deep into relationship with God. This is usually the next level of maturity. Just like in the natural, we outgrow houses or we move out of a season and and we begin to look for another house or we begin to think about building. Spiritually, we move from, from, um, from season to season of what God has us to be to other people. In this storm shelter season of life, you're building this. It's not easily seen by others. It's not obvious. It's what's happening internally. You're digging down deep in setting roots. You're forming that relationship with the Lord where you know his voice. You can hear him well. Um, you know what his word says. You know his character. And so you aren't rattled by the storms of life. Um, you become that safe place for people to come to, and they know that they can trust you. They know that they can trust your wisdom. Um, and so you become that shelter. Psalm 91 is one of my favorite um, books in the whole Bible. I'm just going to read the first two verses. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him I will trust. Um, and so just like the Lord is a storm shelter for us, we're called to be that to other people. Um, we're called to be that place where we can show them, come, it's safe. Come dive into the presence of the Lord with me. He'll protect you and keep you hidden during this next season of life. Thirdly, a structure that is lasting is a fortress. Um, this one is the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine, Florida. Um, a fortress is a bit bigger, I would say, than a lighthouse and a storm shelter. Um, this one is one of the oldest ones around. It was built in, uh, started being built in, in 1672. They finished it in 1695. So it took 23 years to build this fort. Um, it was built by the Spanish to defend Florida in the Atlantic trade route. But the purpose of a fortress is protection from attack and war. It's a fortified city. It's more than just a house. It's more than just a room, but a whole protected community. It's impenetrable if built correctly. This is the next level of maturity when the Lord has you building. It takes a long time to build this type of structure, but it holds the most people. 
Um, when I think of a fortress like this being built, think about how many people it took over those 23 years to build this. Um, Building something like this takes all of us uniting together. Think about the ministry of a church that's built over years and years of people that are rooted and grounded in Christ, that have, um, that have their lighthouse shining, where the Lord's working through them, and, um, and they're being a living example without even using words, where they have individually dug deep <clears throat> and put down deep roots of relationship with the Father. They know what his word says, and they're, they're uniting together to build a fortress to defend others. A fortress is a place that when a time of war or when there's, a, when there's imminent attack um, coming, it's the place that people know they can go and come inside of and be protected. There's people, there's watchmen on the walls. Um, you can see the four corners even of this um, fortress, and we're called to do that for other people. We're called to defend them. We're called to speak life into them. Um, we're called to, to, um, to fight off the attack of the enemy, not only on our own behalf, but on the behalf of others. Psalm 18, verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge and find protection, my shield and the power that saves me, my stronghold and place of safety. Um, just like Jamie said last week at Easter, he gave us that, um, the dad, what do you call it? An Enneagram, not an Enneagram, an acronym. Um, you defend others, you accept them, um, and then you disciple them. And so um, God defends us and accepts us and disciples us. So then we get to defend others when they're in a season of attack. We get to accept them into the fold and then disciple them in that safe place, just like that fortress. Um, I've got another picture to show you that's not any of these three, but I love um, what it captures. It's actually a house at Mexico Beach um, that our friends showed us that was built, if I understand correctly, was built with, with materials purposefully to withstand storms. Um, I'm pretty sure it cost a good bit more than the other houses around it. Um, the materials were different. But when that super bad hurricane came through and did what you see on the screen here and just demolished everything around it, it was left standing. And when we take the time and effort to build something lasting with the Lord, when the hurricanes of life come and just demolish everything around us, we're left standing. And I even love that, like, in this picture, you can see the house behind it and there's damage to it. You know, um, I know this is kind of far away, but, you know, you can see that the siding's been knocked off of the house behind it, but that house was protected because of the one in front of it that was built securely, and we get to do that for other people. So once you have something um, that is built firmly and securely to last, you're really still not done because there's three things that you need for a lasting structure to stay useful over time. The first is investment. Um, Investment is when you're planning ahead to maintain. You're setting aside the money. You're making time. Um, you invest in what's important, um, a car and education, relationships. Um, investors invest in something that has worth or potential worth. 
God invested in us because we're worthy, and we invest in others because they have worth to God too. Luke 14, 28 through 30 says, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. (laughs) Well, listen, um, we want to invest in the things that God has for us to do. We don't want to get started and then run out of steam because we're not letting him continually fill us up. Um, We've got to have that long-term perspective of the Lord where we know it's going to take investment to maintain what we've built. Next thing that's required for a structure to stay useful is maintenance. We know this. Everything in life requires maintenance. Um, maintenance is the regular action, practical action that you, that you take to keep anything from deteriorating or depreciating in value. But anything worth having is worth maintaining. Um, <clears throat> I try to maintain my car. Um, I, I literally went five times since Friday to get an oil change because I'm past due for an oil change. And every time I went, there was like six cars in line. And I was like, I'm not waiting. And so I still haven't done it, which means that we're going to trade cards next week and Jamie's going to do it for for me while I'm at work. But everything requires maintenance. And what happens happens if I never made it to, to get my oil changed or I never traded cars so that he could get a change for me? I mean, it would be bad news. The car would not be drivable eventually. So it doesn't matter what that car is worth if it's not functional because I haven't maintained it. And we've got to maintain the things the Lord that, that the Lord has entrusted to us. Philippians 4.8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It says fix your thoughts. That means your thoughts can be broken. Um, our thought life requires maintenance. And if we don't maintain our thought life by fixing our thought on these things that it says in Philippians, um, the natural progression of of, um, deterioration is going to happen, and then we become no longer useful to those around us. The third thing needed for a lasting structure to stay useful is restoration. This is rebuilding, remodeling, renovations, which are always upgrades, I know um, living in Thomasville, you know about the, you know, the whole, all the historic homes and stuff um, in the downtown area. Well, they've all had to be restored over time so that they stay those historic homes. If nothing had, um, if they hadn't maintained those through restoration, um, they would have deteriorated. They wouldn't look like the beautiful historic homes that we see and we show people now, um, Even soundly built structures are vulnerable to wear and tear of damage from the elements of life, sometimes because of our own neglect or ignorance. But God can always restore us to our original condition. No matter what's happened um, in your life, no matter what has happened through your own neglect, through your own bad choices, through your own decisions, God is always in the business of restoration. He is always in the business of restoration. And believe me, he can come in and restore you faster than any crew could ever restore any building. It only takes a moment with the Lord if you'll let him. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, 
which means remodeling of your mind. Um, I was listening to a song yesterday that I haven't heard in a very long time. It's by, um, it's by a man named Keith Green, and I, I doubt anyone really knows him, maybe a few people, but um, he, he wrote Christian songs. He was sort of like a prophetic voice um, in worship music, and he wrote this song in 1978, and I'm telling you that so you can go ahead and wrap your brain around the fact that this is not Bethel, this is not passion or elevation worship. This is a song from 1978 that I really wanted you to listen to this morning. It is, um, it's a wake-up call to the church to fulfill the purpose and build what he's called you to, to build and be who he's called you to be to a lost and dying world. Um, and so I'm going to ask them to play this now. I'm just going to let you listen and read the words on the screen. see all the people sinking down don't you care don't you care are you gonna let them drown how can you be so numb not to care if they come you close your eyes and pretend the job's done oh bless me lord bless me lord you know, it's all I ever hear No one aches, no one hurts No one even sheds one tear But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds And he cares for your needs And you just lay back And keep soaking it in
say some things that I felt like I didn't want to say because they were a little harsh. (laughs) But honestly, I feel like that's the Lord's heart for the church. It's time for us to stop being numb. It's time for us to come out of our complacency. It's time for us to get out of bed. It's time for us to do the work that God's called us to do. He's asking you to come away with him to gain his perspective to dream, to cast vision, to make a blueprint, and to co-labor with him to build the kingdom of God on this earth. The question he's asking is, is, will you build with him? Will you build with the Lord? Jamie. That song gets me every time. You know, it says, how can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? You know, scripture says my people perish for a lack of knowledge, but I think that our culture perishes because we don't put our knowledge to use. We're educated far beyond our obedience. So let's take a moment and let's respond to the Lord. Let's go ahead and stand. Close your eyes for just a moment and and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. A, a, A good question you can ask is, am I a lighthouse? Lord, if I were a lighthouse, what would it look like? Is the bulb burned out? Is the structure in disrepair? Am I a storm shelter? Lord, if I were a storm shelter, what would I look like? Do I just have room for me or have I made room for others? Do I have supplies ready and available? Am I digging deep? Ask the Holy Spirit this, am I a fortress? Have I spent the time to build a structure that's solid, can withstand attack? and can house a whole community. Am I investing, Lord? Am I maintaining? Am I restoring? Come on, what's he saying to you this morning? Guys, the answer is not try harder. The answer is come away. Come away with him.
Invest in your relationship with him. I want to lead you in a prayer where we commit to build things that last. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to build things that last in your kingdom. I want to be a lighthouse that shines for all to see. I want to be a storm shelter, a place of safety for others. I want to be a fortress, impenetrable by the darkness. Remind me to invest in your kingdom. Remind me, God, to maintain what you've given me. And help me, Lord, to restore when the enemy attacks. Father, I give my life to you because you're worthy of it all. And I choose, Lord, to come away with you and let you seal the salvation you've begun in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.